off the ball. I don't think Springboks are in crisis because you would hate for a team that is so phenomenally good a year out from the World Cup to be world number one and then to go out in the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, Stephen, we, we know. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. And it is a free kick to Ireland. And just on the yellow cards, Jamie Finn has two yellow cards, so if she was to be booked in this, she would miss the trip to Slovakia. Ball sent in very, very deep in the chance, and it's a goal for Ireland! They've had their moment, and it's Lily Ag in her first ever appearance in Dublin for the girls in green. Scores one of the most important goals they have ever scored. The header from 12 yards out, looping over the Finland keeper, and Ireland leads seven minutes into halftime. What a moment for Lily Ag. What a moment for the Republic of Ireland. Nathan and Emma Byrne in commentary last night, half past seven. Welcome along to OTBM. Very good morning to you. Shane Hannan, how are you getting on? Good morning, Adrian. How are things? Kathleen McNamee, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I can't stop smiling after listening to that. Incredible, <laughs> incredible moment, an incredible result. And like we're all luxuriating. It feels like we're all celebrating, even the players and the management and coaches on the pitch last night. Felt like we were all kind of celebrating going to the World Cup. It's obviously a bit of a caveat, a very complicated caveat that we'll get into a bit later on. But a, just a big, uh, momentous, Kathleen, historic, incredible event in Tala last night. Yeah, it was incredible. I dashed out from the studio to get over there just in time for the match to kick off after hosting the pre-show with Olivia O'Toole and Emma Byrne. And even like at that stage, there was still a great atmosphere outside. There was a big band playing inside the stadium. There was a great atmosphere, lots happening. And... It, it all went downhill for a while after that because <laughs> yes, it was it did, such yeah, a yeah. it was such a tense game and I don't think that's what any of us expected. It wasn't what I expected, um, but somehow made it kind of all the sweeter as well when we did actually manage to pull it off. But I think last night was a sigh of relief for a lot of people in terms of after what happened with Ukraine, what happened with the Euros. I thought last night we were going to fall to all those old demons again and the fact we didn't, the fact that we actually had the resilience to get that 1-0 win, it was ugly but we did it and the Ireland of a couple of years ago wouldn't have done that. So I think especially for players like Denise O'Sullivan and Katie McCabe, you know, last night was their night and it was a testament to all the hard work they've done. Yeah, the playoff situation is incredibly complicated but at least we're putting our hat in the ring this time around and we know we're capable of doing something when we get there. I was travelling the roads yesterday uh, yesterday evening and uh, was uh, tuned into the show to get the best to build up Kathleen that I could like be just fully genned up and ready for action come kick-off time. And uh, I mean, I have to say, I did leave the show thinking, I mean, I, th- I think we're going to win this 4 or 5 <laughs> nil. There's, you know, We're going to start really positively. We're going to be play high up the pitch. Katie, it's a great team. He's about Katie. She's going to play exactly where we want her. I couldn't have been more positive. And then like two or three minutes in, I was like, oh shit, this is... Uh, <laughs> This, uh, is yeah. not, this is not the script. I know. I, I know. None of us expected it. I mean, I was chatting to Karen Duggan and she was like up in the studio in RT and she had said beforehand, like a nil-all draw, she'd be happy with it. And I had been teasing her all week being like, you know, why are you wanting a nil-all draw? And then by the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, no, Karen, okay, nil-all, that's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm, I'm happy with it. But I think... 
I mean, Finland were a lot stronger than I expected. I think the first half an hour in particular, Ireland were so nervy. And we we were falling into our old patterns. I mean, everyone thought with Katie starting higher up the pitch that we were going to play much more attacking football. But especially in midfield, which is an area that I thought Finland would be really weak, they didn't really give us that opportunity at all. And they silenced Katie and Denise quite a lot in that first half. Um but, I mean, the second half came along and clearly Vera had a few words. We definitely came out a lot more attack-minded. And the thing was, in the first half, that was really frustrating. Every time we did get the ball up towards the goal, we actually looked like we could score, whereas Finland didn't look like that as much, I thought. I was sitting right behind the goal for that first half, so um, kind of had a good bird's-eye view of it all. And it, I... I was disappointed that we didn't do better. I thought this was going to be a great opportunity for us to show how far we've come and that we have multiple goal scorers on the team. But I mean, I I said during the week that it would be the absolute fairy tale story if what we won by was Louise Quinn header, and that was the only goal of the game. And I mean, I wasn't that far off. I did say uh, like a free kick and a header. (laughs) It's a very typical Irish way to win a game. Yeah, and it was. uh, I mean, it just felt because again, like all the chat on this preview show that I was listening to, Shane was like had me so hyped up (laughs) about the lack of quality of this Finland goalkeeper. I was like, just pepper the come on, pepper the goal. It just felt like we could go for it. But the the goal itself, absolute (laughs) quality, wasn't it? Like Ah. the the composure, the skill, the Awareness, the bravery. I heard Tony Dunne talking about afterwards, which I thought nailed it in terms of the keeper coming out on top of her. Yeah, and like the Finnish defence kind of went missing in some ways as well. Lily, I kind of even hinted at that in a post-match interview with Nathan yeah. as well. Like, but having said that, she had to be in the right place. Like I was kind of similar t- to yourself, Nathan. I was kind of listening to all the pre-match build-up and thinking, "We're gonna, we're gonna hockey these these." I mean, they lost their manager since we beat them last. Um, clearly, the Finland aren't in, aren't in a good place as a team, but then. You know, I, I had a unique experience of watching the game on TV, and then about ten or fifteen minutes in, I changed from the TV commentary to uh, Nathan and Emma Burns' commentary in the radio. Obviously, there was a slight delay, but it just the words they were using, like there was a lack of physicality with that Irish team in the first half. Yeah, creating chances, but I mean, you were just concerned, and you were thinking Finland could get them on the bounce here and get a goal. Um, so at that stage, and then Lily, I mean, Lily, I changed the game when she came on. It wasn't yeah. just a goal. I mean, she clearly um, was above and beyond every other player in the pitch, and I think she got man of the match maybe officially as well. But um, and rightly so, probably. But the goal itself, I mean, it's hanging in the air for I don't know how long. It was one of those. I remember the Andy Cole loop over the, the Spurs keeper to to win the Premier League for for Man United in nineteen ninety nine. It was one of those where. You're thinking, is this going to hit the crossbar? Is this going to drop in the goal? Um, a bit like Robbie Brady's goal against Italy in, in the Euros. But yeah, what a moment! And then to see the the reaction at full time. I think Lily herself in the in the interview was saying, you know, Vera Powell had been saying no no partying. We're obviously we have to focus on Slovakia on Tuesday. But uh, I don't know whether whether the players listen to that or <laughs> we can celebrate not party. I think yeah, it was yeah, yeah. I don't know. She rehearsed that, but it was <laughs> it was a good line. Enjoy it, but don't go overboard. But yeah, Tuesday's a big one now, and obviously trying to secure the seed and. Uh, you probably need, need a degree to understand what happens from here on in, in terms well, of the seedings. I mean, we'll go, we'll be, Kathleen will be going to be taking us through all of that in a minute, and um, I'm fully expecting Kevin Cabot and uh, Nation to be <laughs> here. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but first of all, a bit of reaction from Tyler last night. Uh, Denise Sullivan, post-match, uh, chatting to Nathan. Take a look. There were nervy moments as well, particularly in the first half. What was the feeling at halftime? What was the conversation at halftime in the dressing room? I think we just needed to be more composed. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, they came out and they kind of changed up their formation a bit. They played a diamond in midfield and 
I think we kind of got stuck on what, on what to do in the middle of the park and uh, we went in and Vera just said stay relaxed, stay composed once we get the ball and um, I think in the second half we showed that we were a bit more composed on the ball um, and we we went at them I think compared to the first half they came at us and um, yeah the crowd was, was a big big thing for us in the second half to kept us going. Kathleen, how come the um, better teams know how to overrun Ireland in midfield when we have such quality? I don't know. Like, I think Finland sat up very well last night and they clearly knew that was an area that they needed to heavily focus on. Um, I think they probably benefited from the fact that on the first time we caught them on the hop and maybe tonight we let, or last night we let them catch us on the hop a little bit. The thing is, when you have those pivotal players like Denise O'Sullivan, is it's so easy to pick her out and just push her around. And I mean, I you say she plays in midfield, but like I don't think there was any position she wasn't in in a classic Denise O'Sullivan fashion last night. Um, but in the first half, she was so quiet; like they had two or three people around her all the time. Any time she did get the ball, it was pure scrappy fighting for her life to get it out and. Uh, as good as she is, we probably need a bit more support for her in that area. I mean, like, the team did great, but you only have one Denise O'Sullivan, and whenever she gets taken out of things, it's very, very difficult for everyone else to pick up mm. the sort of the sort of work rate that she does around the pitch. She's such quality. Like, her, she's just clearly above everybody else on the pitch. Who is more important to Ireland, Denise O'Sullivan or Katie McCabe? Oh, <laughs> you're not going to do this to me, are you? Seven thirty nine in the morning. I mean, give me a chance to wake up here. Um, who is more important? To the- I, I don't know. I think. Like it felt that I asked it in the context of Katie having a slightly sorry having an off night last night by certainly by her own standards. Yeah, there's no question about that. And and it felt like even you know with Ireland going backwards a bit, Denise O'Sullivan was still that player who was able to put her foot in the ball or able to get stuck in or make that challenge in a way that she was clearly still well able to demonstrate her um, superiority in a way that Katie just wasn't last night. And I don't want to be using last night to... Yeah, uh, no, to... Use to, to, to draw a total veil over Katie's <laughs> career. There's going to be an awkward <laughs> Koi gig pod at some point, <laughs> whatever she says. Uh, off the ball, Katie McCabe is done. Um, no, uh, I don't know, like, even... I was watching Katie last night and I know it wasn't her best game but she was still there was at one stage where the ball was over in the far corner from her and Jessu was running towards the Finnish defender that was so high up the pitch at the stage and she was kind of slightly she like she was jogging towards her and Katie just like bombed over from the other side of the pitch was right on top of her won the ball and like ran up the pitch with it again and I think that's what she does so well. Like, she doesn't... She is always watching for opportunities. She knows that if she takes herself slightly out of position, she has the ability to get back in it straight away. Um, In terms of which one of them is more important, I actually don't think you can separate them all that much. I think what Katie has done in terms of being a captain at such a young age, the leadership she shows. I think the mentality that we have now compared to what we had two or three years ago, yes, comes from Vera Powell, but I think a lot of it comes from her too because it's very much the mindset she has always had and now it's distilled into the team a little bit more. With someone like Denise, it's just it's her pure work rate. It's her skill on the ball. I mean, 
if you were to ask me who I would want to watch an open play more, I would probably say Denise. But if you asked me who would I trust to whip in a glorious free kick, it would be Katie. So they both have their advantages and I won't be sending either of them off the Irish <laughs> team anytime soon. <laughs> I feel as if you've done an excellent job of responding to that question. All <laughs> the questions there, so yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's as good as we can expect. A bit more reaction from Tala last night. Goal scorer Lily Ag. Lily, congratulations. Uh, home Ireland debuts don't get much better than that. Honestly, I don't think I even dreamt this. Um, absolutely amazing. I'm so happy for this team. Yeah. Can you talk about the moment as the ball is? Because it seemed to hang in the air for quite a while it, it, as it's going it in. It felt like forever. Um, honestly, I was signaling over to Tom, should I go in or should I hold out as I'm holding mid? And he was like, get, get yourself in there. And felt like it was up in the air forever. And I think I took a clattering from the keeper. Um, but as soon as I see the ball in the back of the net, like say, absolute scenes, the girls were all screaming and yeah, surreal moment. Yeah, and you sort of, but the goal went in, like you're definitely looking at it going, right, it's time to kick on now. And I don't know, maybe we didn't, Shane, sort of pepper the goal enough to, you know, really trouble that finish keeper. No, like there, there could have been more chances. Understandably nervy once you take the one goal lead. You're thinking, right, let's let's just hold on to this. It's hard to it's hard to push on then. And it, look, you get you get a little bit more defensive. Like Megan Connolly coming back into the team. Like obviously to score the goal in Helsinki, probably more more a defensive role than she she would have been used to from from earlier in the campaign. But to have her back in as well and playing like she did, and then the delivery for the set piece from her as well has to be mentioned because it was a, look. you can say what you like about the finished defence and the line was maybe a bit putrid but the delivery was excellent uh, and searching and, and like I was just so happy for Vera I, I hadn't and I think she said this herself after the match like I haven't seen a, a smile like that in her face or some of those players faces in a long long time um, and, and to just see what it meant to them uh, I, I know a lot was said in the, kind of the first half especially when things weren't going to plan about the the crowd and the, the number of empty seats I know it was still a record record attendance but maybe not the crowd they were expecting given that it sold out in half an hour but to, just to see the young fans holding on at the end and staying on to, to see the girls off the pitch um, amazing scenes it, it's a night that Irish women's football will never forget like I know we, we, we hark back and even last week in the build up we were harking back to the Euro 2009 game and, and even the, the near miss against Slovakia last year and like there are big moments but but and there are probably more big moments to come mm. uh, but the fact is you have to enjoy these games as well uh, but Slovakia's going to be a big one just on Kitty McCabe like Katie McCabe is going to have a massive game I think on Tuesday night because she's, she seems the type of player when, when she's doubted or questioned and no one's doubting or questioning her but she probably will know that she didn't have her best performance last night and when she's a wounded animal I feel like she's the type of player who responds very well so I, I'd expect Katie McCabe to have a, a massive, massive say on Tuesday. Yeah, such a big game and there's a lots of permutations we'll get into those in just a couple of moments time. the tickets the chain mentions Kathleen you were uh, out at the game last night as you said you were doing the preview show and then legged it out afterwards <laughs> uh, just as the anthems were wrapping up um, the, the ticket situation I saw a few people Michael Foley on Twitter was saying that he was trying to get tickets for his kids had hooked them in uh, previously in the campaign and then was disappointed that there was no available tickets uh, for sale for the game last night at a certain point but then looking on TV there were some large pockets of empty seats which doesn't look great yeah it was quite unfortunate because I saw a lot of people talking about that on Twitter at the time and like where the TV gantry is set up it was facing right towards those pockets like every other stand around was full so it was really unfortunate just even from a visual sense for anyone watching at home that that was there it looked like I don't know, did clubs or teams buy pockets of tickets mm. and then just not turn up which is really unfortunate because it... <laughs> 
it just it was such a big night and like I know so many people were messaging me on the day looking for tickets or I had a few people message as well to say that they couldn't go and did I have anyone who could take the tickets and managed to get rid of them all pretty much straight away so there was that appetite there and I I think this is always the problem with women's football I mean we thought during the Euros as well yes okay they broke all these attendance records but because tickets are so cheap or mm. because they're in stadiums that are maybe a bit more difficult to get to not that Tal's even particularly difficult compared to some other stadiums but there's less of a will to actually go out on the night and people are missing out like the atmosphere last night was great and one thing I would say about the crowd like I love the fact that there's all these kids there I mean the pitch at those matches is entirely different to the pitch at any other match it's a lot higher and there's a lot of screaming (laughs) Um, but I also just would like to see you know more people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s going out to these games and not just seeing it as a game for you know, little boys and little girls. It's so much fun. It's such good crack. You get totally invested in it. I mean, Emma, one of our producers here, me and her could barely speak this morning when we came in because we had been screaming so much last night. And I just, I hope that they, the FAI and everyone across women's football keeps marketing it, yes, to those kids that want to dream to be the next Katie McCabe, but also to, you know, the average football fan, the person who wants to go and have maybe a couple of pints and then go watch the game and then go have another few pints afterwards. And I think sometimes that element is missing from the crowds in women's football matches. Um, But yeah, it was a great atmosphere last night and it is a shame about the tickets and I hope they can maybe sort something out for any future games where that doesn't happen even... Like if it is a club, that at least the club can say to the FAI, yeah, like, like a season ticket holder hanging on to them, and yeah. exactly. Yeah. If you say like, oh, I have thirty tickets, I'm not going to turn up tonight. Can you resell them or can? Because it actually is quite easy to transfer tickets on the FAI website. I also think people would. I think a fiver is too cheap. Like I understand why they've done it up to this point. They want to yeah. get the ground filled and they want to build that atmosphere and um, you know put the opposition on the on the back foot and all that. That makes total sense. I think we're now at a point where this team have enough of an audience. On your point, Kathleen, about the the. Uh, demographic of the audience that uh, the fans that turn up I think there's enough of a thirst there now mm. across a broad demographic society uh, older people basically like you're talking about 20s 30s 40s who will want to go to these <laughs> games I think you can start to charge a bit more and at that yeah. point you're looking at your ticket that's cost you a tenner let's say or twelve fifty, whatever it might be and you're thinking well I'm not just going to leave it sitting here whereas the fiver you're like meh that that change that slide. for me that change in demographic largely comes down to like as you've said it, it comes down to recognition and and Vera Power mentioned this and she mentioned Sky as the sponsor and she mentioned all the great things they've done uh, in terms of getting you know Katie McCabe's face on the side of buses and across the country in different cities and, and all that sort of stuff the Euros I think helped as well there's a couple of yeah. uh, men of of my of my dad's generation you know my dad and a few of his friends who would never have watched women's football and then were glued to the Euros. Uh, recently and literally were like this is actually really good high quality football uh, and they almost seem surprised um, but that generation are slowly becoming accustomed to watching women's football now and even last night and it's, it is that name recognition seeing Katie McCabe seeing Megan Connolly seeing like, all of these girls up on up on buses and, and, and you know across cities that can only help yeah. you know if there's name recognition then that kind of that kind of fan group who goes and has the pints before the game are going to be more keen to go to these games it's not going to just be the kids so I think that's one step in the right direction Right uh, Kathleen's explainer of how we're going to get to Australia's upcoming but uh, before all of that it's uh, the manager of the hour Vera Pau 
almost every player has a, a, a backstory that makes tonight so important, but I just want to touch on two, Megan Campbell back after so long, yeah. and Lily Ag, who it's taken her a long time to finally get that green jersey. What a way to mark your home debut. Yeah, it is a home debut, isn't it? Yeah, and, and we are so happy. She's, it's not just, uh, just only an amazing player, it's amazing personality in the group. And, um, yeah, the, the fact that she scores here the winner, she deserves it so much. Every player deserves it. But she went through so much to be here. She really wanted to play for Ireland. She didn't want to play for England. She wanted to play for Ireland because of her, her background, her family background. Um, and you could see also, she's, yeah, the, that green jersey fits her. There's no other jersey that fits her. We don't <laughs> Apart know from her club jersey, uh, of course. We, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks with playoff draws. And uh, I hope we're standing maybe here in two months' time with qualification. Maybe it's in New Zealand in the spring talking about qualification. We will see. There, there will be a day that I wake up and that I get to draw. And, and, uh, and you understand somebody, what's happening next. And that somebody shows me what's mm. happening next. Yeah. But is that, when, when do you get into that mindset of next? And um, put a pause now already, on tonight. because we celebrate, but we will not party. We have to win on Tuesday. That will be extremely difficult because of well, you you hear the celebrations. Mm. If your emotions are going out so so extremely, but I don't want to stop that either. But so extremely, then in three days' time, being ready again. Ooh, that will be a job. Um, but we will do it. Um, and we started off, I don't know if you've seen it, but all the subs and the ones who played in the second half, so less than 45 minutes, they did a full running program so that tomorrow we, we train with them, the others do recovery, and that means that we can immediately back into our structure. All right, still yeah. a long way to go, but enjoy the rest of tonight. Thank you, we will. Yeah, very important conversation with Nathan after the game last night. So really important that we get the points, obviously, on uh, Tuesday night, Kathleen. Explain to us why we're... Uh, <laughs> no pressure here. No Kevin pressure. Kilban tried this a couple of years ago at the Nations League. And, yeah. uh, look, he's a man that's easily confused at the best times anyway. But uh, it's still being used as highlight clips, so no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I'm going to literally stare at my notes to make sure that <laughs> I get this right. Well, obviously, top team in every group in for our UEFA draw goes into the World Cup. So that's going to be Sweden from our group. Then the nine runners-up from all the groups will compete in the playoff for the final two spots. Now, the playoffs consist of two rounds of single leg ties. So the first, the two best qualify automatically out of that. And then the third goes into an inter-confederation playoff, which will involve other uh, countries. And then, so for us to qualify, of the nine teams, the worst six have to play the first leg. At the moment, we are in that, but it actually it won't be that hard for us to get into the top three, I think. I actually, during the week, I thought it would be a lot harder, but for that to happen, Norway beat Belgium, England beat Austria, Serbia have to drop points against Portugal or Israel, and we have to beat Slovakia, which none of that is like out of the realm of happening. If that happens, we only have to play the first leg or the second leg tie which would be great um, but if not then we have to play a tie before that and the winners of that go through to play in the first leg and then from that first leg tie your results and your group stage results are taken put it into a table and that's why like for last night or even for the game against Slovakia it's really important that we do score and we do like make sure our goal difference is good and then yeah if we make it that far, we've qualified. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Big if, I, think, I think I'm still with you. Um, but, and like, look, at the, the, there is the, the permutations of the, of the games actually looks, I mean, somewhat likely almost. I mean, our own, our own result might be the biggest. Nathan gave it a stab last night at explaining it and you can see the various permutations and Catherine is outlined at the bottom of the page there. Um, and our own result might be the 
I mean, I'm not going to say least likely, but the toughest of those to come off. Mm. Yeah, one I would be slightly worried about is maybe Norway beating Belgium. Um, Serbia dropping points as well. Just Norway were so bad at the Euros, and now they've lost Caroline Gray and Hansen as well. So, yeah, hopefully. The football gods were smiling on us last night. So they've got to smile on us for the rest keep of the sm- week. Keep on smiling. We're going to come back uh, this very shortly indeed. You're watching RTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. It is uh, seven minutes to eight. Here's what's coming up on the show for you this morning. Emma Byrne is standing by. Going to get to her in just a couple of moments uh, to celebrate further that history night in Tala, of course. Daniel Harris, um, similar-ish pattern of a game last night. United beat uh, Leicester by a goal to nil. So we'll get Daniel Harris's thoughts. He was at the King Power last night. Get his thoughts on that at uh, ten past eight this morning. Half past eight, we're going to talk to Martin McNally and David Goff, who are two high-profile inter-county referees, about you know what uh, during the week, and uh, we'll get their thoughts on exactly what it is to be a referee um, in GA in uh, at the minute. So that is uh, coming your way in just a little bit. Jack Cooney just stepped down as the Westmeath football manager, so uh, we'll reflect on. Uh, what's been an amazing year and an amazing uh, four or five years for Jack Cooney in charge of Westmead. Uh, that is coming your way at 10 to 9 this morning. We'll have uh, what has been called up to this point deal or no deal uh, with Phil Egan at 10 past 9, but it's just deal this morning because the window's closed and we'll just wrap up exactly what happened over the last 24 hours and then David Connolly uh, from the show last night at around half past 9. So uh, lots to come and uh, lots of comments coming in as well. Uh, do keep them flowing into us, whether it's the football or the GEA or the referees or anything else. Do keep your comments coming into us over the course of the morning. Five to eight, Emma Byrne, good morning to you. Good morning, how are we? We're there, that's, that's. I mean, we're <laughs> ish there, but as Kathleen just been outlining, but uh, we got what we wanted last night, just. Yeah, we did. And you know, it was fantastic. Everybody was absolutely elated, as I was, but I did have to question, what am I so happy about? Because I didn't really understand if we had qualified for the playoff or if we had to qualify to qualify again mm. or, or what was going on. But yeah, it's it has sunk in overnight and yeah. it feels very good indeed. We'll all be re-watching Kathleen's explainer there over and over again just to make sure that we absolutely have it right when we're chatting to our mates in the pub tonight. But um, that notwithstanding, can you just put it in context for us, Emma? There's probably nobody better we could have on the line to put this in context from the journey that Irish football has been on to get to this stage. Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been working on for the last 50 years, basically. Well, obviously, I wasn't playing that long. But me personally, certainly, the last, like 21 years, we were trying to get to this point. And through hard slog and sweat and tears, we didn't get there, which was uh, always going to be a massive regret and, and disappointment. But these girls did it, and it just just felt absolutely amazing. I'm glad that we didn't do uh, much commentating after that because I was well enough. I needed a little break. <laughs> the, uh... um, it's just great. And it's great to see a lot of older players there, you know, from the past and everybody just on a complete high, you know, and, and you just feel a part of it as well. So it's just fantastic to see that, you know, such a relief as well. I just feel relieved that we can say that <clears throat> we've actually qualified for the playoffs and, if we can go even one step further, obviously that would be just incredible. Mm. I do think uh, that that uh, that certainly fed into it last night. What just is it too much to expect? Like the the near misses that you talk about and very recent near misses as well. Is it too much to think that what happened last night is a really pivotal moment in the future of women's football here? That that now that belief is there, and obviously there's a lot of work still to be done, but to have gotten over that hurdle, that it can be a 
pivot moment for Irish women's football? Um, I mean, every time you improve or you go further in a stage, you, you know, it's also it's a great you know thing to to work on, you know. And if they don't get through, I don't even want to say that, but it, imagine <laughs> um, you're going to be talking about how close we got and we got to, you know you need to go a step further. But again, it's it's another game we haven't qualified yet. It's not it's not going to change things in women's football. It's not going to be a massive, you know, um, as you say, pivotal point, unless we qualify it. <laughs> Being honest, I don't want to put a damper on it. Um, whereas, on the other hand, if we do manage to, to win those two games, hopefully just two games, um, I think, you know, that's going to be a game changer, a massive, massive game changer. And all those people that have been putting money into it and backing and supporting the girls will reap the rewards and want to invest even more. And I think that's what we need. That's what we need here in Ireland in women's football. I was saying to the guys earlier that I was watching the uh, preview show uh, last uh, last night before the game and I was fully convinced, having listened to yourself and Olivia, that you know we're going to win this game 5 or 6 nil. And then suddenly, two minutes into the game, I was like, Emma, you've really led me down the garden path here. What is no. it... What 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 is there something is there a deep deeper problem there that I mean you know it's we'll we'll celebrate what happened last night and that's right and uh, luxuriate in it but also that thing of just I mean it wasn't just two or three minutes there was it took until forty three minutes I think of the game where we sort of created our first clear cut chance is there something in our mentality that that needs addressing there in terms of our ability to be the favourites for a game like that. Um, I don't even think it was the mentality like just looking at the game it's really hard for me to keep my emotion out of it by the way so when I'm commentating it's like a personal thing for me so I get a bit <laughs> frustrated um, we just didn't play which was really frustrating for me because we are a better team than Finland Finland were one of the poorer teams in the Euros so I wanted Ireland to go out and show that we can compete against you know the Spains we've shown we can compete against Sweden but you know we deserve to be in in the finals and it was disappointing for me that we didn't play from the beginning because we could have dictated that game and we could have won it very very comfortably and you saw how dodgy they were at the back you saw how dodgy the keeper was you know that was a game for us to win at least 2-0 and be comfortable and that's all I wanted I wanted the girls to come off the pitch and feel like they're confident to play and they're able to to compete at that level and instead, we were talking about, you know, just scraping through. The second half was a different game, to be fair. But the first half for me was even from, you know, right from the keeper kicking long. And I'm like, nobody does that anymore. That kind of play is, doesn't exist. And you didn't see any team doing it in the Euros, even Northern Ireland, who got a fair old trashing. They were still trying to, trying to play. And I know we were looking for a result and you just want to get to that next stage and whatever, however you get there. Uh, it doesn't matter, but we do need to start putting the ball in the ground and playing. I think the reason Denise O'Sullivan and Rusha Littlejohn were in there as our, our midfielders is because they're ballers. And if you play those two in midfield, uh, you have to try and play through the midfield because otherwise it's pointless having them in there. You just bypass the midfield, which is what we were doing. And it wasn't working, so... If we're going to get to the final, this this has to change a little bit and you have to have a plan A, plan B, plan C and you have to be able to execute those plans. And for me, I'm hoping plan A will be tried to play. If that doesn't work, then maybe play the longer balls until you can go back to try and play in through the midfield. Um, 
and you know the the girls know that the girls feel that they want to play football as well they want to play through the midfield they want the ball to their feet it just means players get lost you know in that kind of system and the way we play like Jessica Zoo for example she's a very good player she was completely lost in that first half she wasn't sure if she was to drop back into midfield because midfield was struggling um, but she was supposed to be playing high in a three so just you know a little bit more um, you know the, the jobs they know exactly what they're doing and and try to put the ball in the ground and play because we have ballers in that team and I think it's interesting there that you say about them knowing <clears throat> what they were supposed to be doing because when we were talking about it in the preview show yesterday, we were also excited at the fact that Katie was playing a bit higher up the pitch. It was something everyone had called for. And I was listening to some of the post-match interviews and I can't remember, was it Lily Ag or Denise O'Sullivan was saying that they had been set up to defend. And I was like, I was confused by that comment because we did end up having to defend with the way we played in that first half. But it's kind of like what you were saying there where it seemed like there was a really there was a lack of the team actually knowing what they were supposed to be doing or where they were supposed to be. And I don't think it was the fact that purely that Finland were putting us under so much pressure that people were losing their heads. Because as you say, we know we're a better team. We know we have better abilities. So do you think it was a, a lack of a clear team plan going into it? Or was it just a case of the team went in and just got a bit caught up in the moment and weren't able to properly execute what they've been told? Um... I do. I think it is uh, trying to be positive uh, in setting up a system. Trying to be positive in a three-four-three, which is a very uh, you know confident, positive system. But realistically, it's not. It's it was a five-two-three most of the first half, which wasn't working. As as we just said, midfield were getting completely overrun. When actually three at the back would have been absolutely perfect. And it's what they're going to have to get used to. Finland played two up front um, with Salstrom and Rantala. We only needed three at the back. And you can push Jamie Finn and Megan Campbell on a little bit. But we were pinned in. We stayed back. We were extremely deep in the first half. I know Finland wanted to play that ball in behind. But the ball was skipping on. They could have pushed on a little bit. Courtney Brosnan was very good. She was starting very high. She was able to collect all those balls in behind. So for me, I'd want to help the midfield. Denise and Rusha were just getting absolutely, you know, completely stretched in that midfield. Just whatever you need to do, whether you need to push. I'd push Megan Connolly in there. There was no need for her to be at the back, in the back five. I'd push her in and, and keep my four at the back and just have that three in midfield, especially in that time we were getting overrun and Finland looked very, very dangerous. You know, Sumanen in there was having an absolute field day. Mm. But that changed in, in the in the second half. But my thing was, if that happens against a better team, a team that can finish, because Finland's final ball was pretty shocking. If they were playing against a good team that can finish, we would have been in a bit of trouble there. You know, we were inviting them on. Finland had really nice passages to play, really nice through balls. They just couldn't finish them. We might have been two or three nil down at half time. And you just can't afford those kind of goals at, at you know, the high level. But again, it's all a learning curve. I spoke to some of the girls, they, they know exactly what they need to do and they know where the problems were last night in the first half. They're intelligent players. Um, it changed in the second half, as I said, which we were very happy to see.
It's interesting, Emma. We talk about uh, earlier, you know, the Irish the Irish players nearly learning from the from the heartbreak of of not qualifying for the Euros. But even more interesting, perhaps, is, is listening to Katie McCabe after the match yesterday, and she's talking about the fact that before this campaign, they would have played a lot of higher seeded teams, big teams, uh, and well known players. Like, is that an important aspect of it too? That this Irish team maybe are getting used to those high stress moments and playing against the biggest teams in the world. Yeah, of course. You know, they need that. Um, they need to play against higher levels in friendly so they can get themselves organised. Um, you know, we when we were playing, when we nearly qualified uh, many years ago, we were playing against boys' teams and, and it really helped us, you know, that higher level, faster pace, you have to think quick, you have to organise yourself a little bit quicker um, and problem solve. And they needed that. But, I mean, the main thing is the improvement is coming from club level and girls going to England playing for, for clubs over there training with players that are very very high standard day in day out and you can see that in the players that that's what's happening yeah Tuesday night obviously we're uh, we've been going through all the permutations and trying to figure it out and uh, we're, we're somewhat the wiser but bottom line is we obviously got a win on Tuesday night as well. What's the there might be some enforced changes. I mean, I don't know. I was going to say Lily Aga sort of played away into the into the team. She might be sort of into it regardless. She was um, I, I was very happily uh, surprised with Lily Aga. To be quite honest, yeah. we had her at the Arsenal Academy again many years ago, and um, she was good, but never could never break through to the, the first team, or just n- not really a first-team squad player. So it was great to see her getting on out there and doing a really good job, really impressed with her. Yeah. And she probably comes into it then, Emma, like what, what uh, you know, just on the basis of what you're saying there, if you draw that thread then through to Tuesday night, what are you thinking in terms of shape and, and personnel? Well, <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, I don't think they'll change much. I think, I'm not sure Megan Campbell will play. Um, I think uh, Chloe Mustaki did a good job when she came on as well. That's not a problem. The only thing is the throw-ins, which are just out of this world. Mm. Um, I think uh, Lily Ag will hold her position in there. She did really well. Rusha Little John, John is, um, is, is injured. Not sure she'll be back. Obviously, Niamh Fahey's out, so that will... They'll just keep that those back three in Megan Connolly, Louise Quinn, and Diane Caldwell, and I'm just I'm just hoping that Jamie Finn and and Mustaki, if she's playing, can push up higher and create that foreign midfield. It's what we need. We saw Slovakia in Dublin; they're no slouches. They they played really well. They can keep the ball really well and have some really nice uh, parts of their game. So you know we have to be on form when we go over there. We want the three points. It's very very important. We get those three points. Um, so I just, you know, I'm hoping that we see a more attack in Ireland and, and a, a team that's going to play and keep the ball. Um, because when you've got a player like Kate McCabe, who, by the way, was not in the game enough for me, like, that's my player. I'm going to try and get that ball. Denise O'Sullivan, as soon as you get the ball, switch it out to Kate. We didn't see enough of that in the first half, did we? We didn't. Uh, she wasn't involved enough. And I'm just hoping that when they do play, and play through the midfield that they'll be able to find the likes of Katie um, and, and Jess Zoo when she drops in hopefully uh, we'll see her as well because I'm looking forward to see how she does in a different game um, you know I'm hoping we, we're going to see some football and, and see how they can play you know they know they can play football and they want to so looking forward to that 
Uh, funny, Emma, you mentioned the game, the, the game all those years ago, back in uh, 2009 for that Euro qualifier. Uh, and, and like Katie McCabe mentioned yourself and Yvonne Tracy and Kira Grant and, and girls like that, you know, by name after the match as well. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of advice handed over to, to the current squad from players like yourself when you're when you're in discussions with them over the coming weeks um, about what the playoff experience is like because you, you're so close to a, to a major finals and yet so far and there's so much work to do. So what will your advice be to those current players in terms of dealing with the heat and the cauldron of, of a playoff environment? Yeah, I mean, I don't really need to speak to any of those girls. These have plenty of experience. They've been in, in big games and cup finals and, you know, they're all playing at a level now where, where they have that pressure. So, you know, the players in that squad, like Louise Quinn, Nefai, Kate McCabe, they'll be speaking to the girls. They, they'll they know exactly what to say to them. Um, but the only, you know, it's such a massive game they're going to have to work on calming themselves down and focusing and, you know, really getting their game plan right and knowing exactly what they need to do in that game. And even if it is a little bit, you know, nasty, if you're trying to soak up the pressure, that's really difficult for these young players to have that mindset of, yes, you're going to be without the ball, you're going to soak up that pressure and then you're going to try and take your chances. I mean, they're going to have to do that extremely well. Um but again, keeping the ball is so key when you do win it back. And again, last night, didn't see them doing that very well in the first half. So just, you know, these things that give your players confidence when, you, when you're when you on the ball to protect it. You don't have to, like, try and get rid of it. You can protect the ball and draw the foul. Hopefully, Megan Campbell will be back. And, you know, those throw-ins are going to be a massive advantage for us. One last one. Just, am I reading your comments about Katie, Emma, that she wasn't played in the position she should have been last night? We're obliged by contract to always talk about Katie McCabe's position, of course. But, uh, I know that people are, are uh, uh, blue in the face listening to the debate, but I just wanted to clarify on your comments. Are you thinking that the like uh, dip in her performance last night was more to do with tactics uh, rather than um, the player herself? No, I think she was playing in her position. She had loads of space. She oodles of space on that left-hand side. It's just we couldn't get the ball out to her. Um, I think we got like we actually passed the ball out to the left-hand side maybe three times in the first half. Uh, so you know, not enough. She wasn't on the ball enough, and that was nothing to do with her. She was in she was in great positions. We just couldn't get the ball into midfield for them to then switch it. They were just overloaded. So just needed an extra player in there to try and switch that ball over to Katie. So, yeah, I, she was playing higher up. We were very happy with that. Then started to drop back a little bit towards uh, the end of the, <laughs> the first half. Um, so it was time. It was a good time. for First half, the, the, the break came at a good time. And then second half again, just putting that extra player in there made a big difference. Yeah, well, hopefully it all comes together Tuesday night and we'll be a bit clearer about exactly what we need to do. Emma, pleasure as always. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thanks, guys. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.